Surprise, folks. No countdown tonight. I wanted to get right to it. I got a really cool guest. I have Mr. Jeff Manning from Reeling, well, Team Reeling the Blues. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing well. I hope you are. I'm doing good. So I know I, I know people ask you this all the time. How did you get the name Team Reeling the Blues? Reeling the Blues. Well, uh, there's a catfish tournaments around this area. Mm-hmm. And, oh, Lord, six, seven years ago, maybe even 10 years ago, everybody was trying to find a, a name for their catfish team, you know. So for me, I love fishing for blues and sort of like a, you know, twist on the word feeling the blues. It's reeling the blues. There you go. If I had a fishing team, it would be called Team Lucky once in a while. That's probably something where I would be. All right, we got uh, we got a bunch of people in chat. We're we're rocking with thirty two people, which is a lot this early on. Uh, people seem to join us, so I'm going to go through and uh, say hello to everybody in chat because uh, we really appreciate them. Absolutely, uh, we have a couple crosses fishing. Hello, Betty. How are you? Uh, we have Avid Fisherman. What's going on, Avid? Uh, Chad Nolte. What's going on, my friend? Country Boy Catfishing. Country Boy, I don't know what it is, but in all the chats that I'm a moderator in, and I think you heard about that. For some reason, people don't like the word Country Boy. So uh, uh, if you're going to holler him out, just say Country Boy Catfishing. Make it easier on the uh, mods, and uh, it seems to get through a little better. Uh, Creole Catfishing, what's going on, Creole? We had a real interesting talk with Creole on the phone today. Uh, there might be something down the pipe for next weekend. We'll uh, we'll see if that comes to fruition. I don't want to say it's a sure thing or not, but uh, we're always working here on the channel. Uh, Jeff, we're trying to get kind of new and innovative uh, entertainment on the channel. I guess that's what it's called. Um, <laughs> all right, Finn Secret TV, what's going on, Finn? Uh, I don't see Dinks in there, but if Dinks is around, say hello to him too, please, Jeremy. Uh, everybody loves Dinks. He's the man. Uh, he's, you know, he's my favorite for uh, Chad's Blue Cat tournament. Did you know about that tournament that Chad's having? I think you should get in there because, I mean, between you and Dinks, I can, like, cover my bets on each side. No, you, well, you know, obviously it isn't a monetary bet. It's, you know, just smack talk bet. But I think How if I put go? a little on you and a little on Dinks, I think I'm pretty safe. I can cover my bets that way. <laughs> All right. We got uh, we got Daniel Ishmael. What's going on, Daniel? Uh, fishing with the Chad. What's going on, Chad? I caught that show on the replay today. I caught some of it last night. Um Good show last night with Creole and with that that other guy that's on there. I forget his name. Um, <laughs> Make him uh, hooked on D. What's going on, D? How are you, uh, James, uh, James Dockery? Yeah, that guy. Uh, Janice Dement. Hello, Miss Dement. How are you, uh, Jason Lamb? What's going on, Jason? John Patrick Jr. JP three. What's going on, Lynn Leeper? Mad Catter. Catfishing, what's going on? My list keeps populating here, so I kind of have to adjust it. Forgive me, guys. Uh, Maurice Kaysen, what's going on, Maurice? Uh, Mo Creek Fishing, what's going on, Rob? Muskrat Adventures, how you doing, Roger? One Ton Fishing Club, what's going on? Art Hayes from Outdoor with the Hayes. Papa Ed, Parker Pursuits, what's going on, my friend? Patriot Catfishers of America, Mr. James Smith. So, James. What's going on? Did he send you a copy of the rules and stuff for the uh, tournament this year? I, I got my copy. I got, I got that today, copy. too. Uh, quick tip, if you open it on your computer, it doesn't work as well as if you open it on your phone. It works perfect on your phone. So if you get that from James, make sure you look at it. You don't want to miss that stuff. That's going to be a great tournament for a great cause. Uh, Stonefly71. 
Uh, Tim Molina, what's going on, Tim? Uh, Waters Lawn Care, welcome back. Willard Young, scroll through this. Ace Catfishing, what's going on, Greg? Uh, Buckeye Catfishing. Uh, Norm from uh, Catfish Headhunters, what's going on, Norm? I hope your uh, wrist is doing better. Norm had a nasty slip. He posted pictures of that, uh, and his hand was swollen and looked almost like a potato. And I don't mean that in a bad way, just as in a descriptive way. Uh, let's see if I missed anybody, Daniel Ishmael. All right, I think I got somebody so far. If I see other people pop up in chat, that'll be great. Um, I do have uh, one announcement to make. Guess who uh, texted me right before we went live, Jeff? Texted you. I don't know, uh, Dieter Melhorn, maybe? No, not yet. Not not today. Maybe Dieter will text me one of these days when I get big and famous. Maybe you can drop a few kind words for me with Dieter. There you go. So I, I, I'll, I'll, you, I'll pass his number on to you, and you just bug him. Just as famous in my eyes, Quentin Robbins from Mid-South Outdoors, who was a guest on my show last week, and Quentin shared some news with me about the winner of last week's contest, but I'm going to make you guys wait until the very end, so hold on, uh, enjoy the show, and uh, we'll make sure that the winner, who acts, here's a hint, the winner is in chat. Talk about keeping them here, huh? There you go. That's one way. That's how it's done. That's how it's done in show business. I did see Skip come in. What's going on, Skip? How are you? Um, all right. Jeff, you, your channel, team. Oh, you know what? I'm going to fix this so we can get a better view of us. It works a little better this way. We're starting to find out. There we go. Um, your channel, team, Reeling the Blues. Uh, it's got a lot of content. I've been watching for a long time, uh, even well before I became, you know, Catfish and Crappie. Um, my other login was just my my name, or or actually I had a couple of, like, usernames that I've used over the past. Um, and I, I've always liked this stuff. Um and uh, I, I got notification not too long ago about your uh, boat build. Can you tell me uh, what the boat is, uh, how you picked it up, and what, like, your plans are going forward with the boat? I mean, what, what's the end goal? Let's start there. Well, for me, it's just a hobby. It gives me something to do. I love tinkering with old boats. I know you've seen my, my old 1974 StarCraft. Uh, it was pretty much a basket case. It was one of those... I bet you can't make that into a boat. Well, all right, well, let's just see what we can do. So that's how that boat got started. And it's, it's for me, it's like an addiction. Once I start working on something like that, I love the planning, the engineering, the trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? I, it's like a hobby. I mean, it really is. Well, uh, I was looking for another boat identical to the one I got. And a buddy of mine called me and he goes, hey, I got one I'm getting ready to take to a scrapyard. Hey, maybe you, if you want it, you can have it. So why not and i've always wanted a smaller boat I've, I've had boats since i was lord before i was a teenager mm -hmm. and i just wanted a smaller boat that i could go run around for crappy uh you say i do like the crappy fish i actually yeah, I, say I like crappy fishing more than i do catfishing but i'm more known for catfishing but uh so i wanted to build me a smaller boat so i thought that's a good that's a good hull let's just start from scratch and see what we can do with it perfect i, I know you had mentioned that uh um uh, in your video that you wanted to make sure that you had it all titled and in your name. Hold on. Let me wake my bulldog up here. That's not my stomach. That's my bulldog. She lives behind us and she's at every show. So in case you're wondering what that noise is, if she starts sleeping, she's been running around with me all day. So she's, she's pretty pooped to say the least. All right. Back, back to the question. So um, what did you have to go through to get that boat titled? Well, lucky enough, the guy, the guy got it from actually, 
uh, pretty much was a partner in a marina. And it was a boat that a guy brought in to have service. And they fixed the motor, got everything running good, put the motor, you know, went to go water test it, backed it into the water, ran it around for a little bit and said, we need to hurry and get this thing back on a trailer. It's leaking. And uh, they got it back on a trailer. The guy seen how much work was involved in putting the boat back together. And he was able to sign the title over. So that was a real easy one. Now, I have had other boats with no title. And I'm going to tell you, if you get a boat with no title in North Carolina, you're looking at probably two months, three months of paperwork. And it's just a, a ping pong match. You got to fill out this, send it in. I, I mean, I had a boat that belonged to a woman that had been dead for 15 years. And I had to pretty much send her a letter and ask her if it's okay for me to title the boat. She'd been dead for 15 years, but by law, I had to send a letter to her last known address. And I even sent, you know, I sent DNR a copy of her death certificate, you know, and they're like, don't matter. You got to, you got to dot those I's and cross those T's, send it to her address. And when they send it back, you can title the boat. Gotcha. That kind of makes sense. They kind of want to follow through the motions rather than change the laws and add another layer of procedure. So actually, as silly as it sounds, it's probably somebody actually in government using their brains, which doesn't happen too often, but I get it. I know in Illinois, it's 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 relatively the same. I've heard uh, some friends of mine go through the same process. And um, I had one that recently just went through it and with COVID, forget about it. They've been waiting six months already and they haven't heard back. So uh, good thing that you were able to, how long did it take you before I say good thing you got it taken care of so quickly? Well, the one with the, the one, of course, the one that I had the title took, you know, five days. I had my title and paperwork. It was no big deal. Now the one that the uh, lady had died, I think actually from from the day I started it to the day I actually got the title in the mail was about five months. Mm -hmm. And that was because I was actually dealing across state lines too. I was dealing with South Carolina, which is the worst nightmare in the world. If you have, if if anybody ever sells you a boat, if anybody listening, if you ever get a boat from South Carolina without a title, don't even just, just, just walk away. Unless it's a most, most awesome deal you've ever seen. Just walk away. A dream boat or something like that, or, or a deal you can't pass up, I imagine it would be difficult. Yeah. Um, all right. And uh, I know right now in your build, I'm trying to ask you some questions without spoiling, you know, the videos and getting people over there to, to check it out. Actually, below I have I have obviously links to, to Jeff's channel, but not only that, I put a link to uh, uh, the actual playlist, and I imagine you'll be adding to that playlist as the boat build continues, correct? Oh yeah, the, uh, I've actually got like five more videos already, pretty much done. Okay, and I'm just waiting. I'm only going to release about once a week. And what I'm trying to do is, I'm trying to release a video of me actually doing something to the boat. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, in, I'm trying to release a video showing something related to what I'm doing to the boat, but not actually me doing it to the boat. And what I mean by that's like, uh, I got a video coming out pretty soon of how to do rivets if you got a leaky rivet in your boat those solid rivets, everybody's scared to death of them. And it's actually one of the simplest things in the world to fix. I mean, they are just super simple. This boat here, the uh, tracker, I'm going to end up putting about a hundred in it, but I'm adding a hundred. It wasn't a hundred were bad in the hull, but I essentially you'll see in the videos, the back of the boat, if you shine the light through it, it looked like the night sky because it had about 200 holes in it. That's why it was taking on water so bad. Uh But, uh, you know, not everybody has a welder. And, And what's bad is, uh, Everything I do, I mean, pretty much any project I do that has anything to do with a boat or building live wells or building rod racks, I try to build it as if 
I had the same tools that most people do. Uh, I've got a welder. I can weld aluminum. I've got, I've got five welders. So, you know, I've got metal brakes. I've got all that stuff. But what I try to do when I do a project is I try to use basic hand tools and prove that it can be done with basic hand tools. I'm replacing the entire back of this boat. And essentially the only thing I've used is a drill, a skill saw, and I've used a jigsaw, you know, essentially. And I'm going to put a whole new rear end in this boat without ever having to fire up a welder. Real quick before we get back to the transit, I, I want before I forget, the first video I saw of yours was of your no weld rod rack. Right. And I saw that and I was like, you know what? I it's I know how to stick weld. I don't have a welder. It's been a long time since I did it, and I always wanted a rod rack, and that's what gravity I subscribed right away when I saw that. And I want to, you know, compliment you on actually making a video like that that you know the the everyday person can can use and and if you can figure out how to use a tape measure and a hacksaw if you have to, you'd be yeah. able to do projects like that. So mega kudos on that. And now, they look as good as the new welded stuff. I mean, they look just the, as good. It, it looked fantastic. It was really cool. It looked really sturdy. My only problem with that was is the scrapyards here, because I live outside of Chicago, it's hard to get lead. It's hard to get decent scrap aluminum around here because everybody takes it up. You know, it's it's all spoken for right away. But that doesn't mean that I didn't love it. And if you're in an area where you can get your hands on that material, def definitely check that video out. Uh, anything they should search on when they go to your channel to get to that one specifically? Probably just rod rack, maybe. Uh, I think it's just uh, I think it's just no weld rod rack. No weld rod rack. I believe that's how it's actually listed. Now back to that dirty word, transom. People <laughs> hear bad transom and they get. I know I'm kind of freaked out. I mean, every time on my boat, I had one little bubble on there, and I like started to panic. I'm like, oh no, is this the beginning of the end? But you seem to handle it like it's no big deal. You you, you got that thing apart. You're shining, like you said, you're shining the light through there. Um, what's the basics behind a, a transom? Um, and, and is it just that, you know, your experience level makes you not worry about it as much? Or is it really not as big a deal as I'm making it out to be? Well, it, it's it's one of those things. It may be because of the fact I've I've redone so many in the, you know through the years because uh, that's how I pick up a lot of boats cheap, especially aluminum boats. Now, if it's a fiberglass boat and the transom's gone, I'll just wave at you and say, "No, nah, thank you." You know, you can take it on down the road. But the aluminum boats, it's really just a simple procedure to switch them out. Now, the problem is just getting it out is the hardest part. But like I said, I've done it so many times, it's it's pretty much I can do it with my eyes closed. But a lot of people panic because, you know, it's the transom. It holds the motor and you know, all that good stuff. Uh, but essentially, it's like this one. It's got 200 holes in it. I mean, structurally, it's doing its job. Even with 200 holes in it, it can't flex out mm -hmm. and it can't flex forward because that's what the wood's in there for. So essentially, if you can fill the holes, the transom's fine. You know, cracks is the only time you really get into an issue where, oh, my God, we've got a major issue here. But essentially, it's the same thing for me. I'm just putting a new skin on the inside, a new skin on the outside, and I'm not using a welder for any of it. I'm going to use a epoxy uh, bonding agent. And I'm, I'm telling you, you'll see in the video, I actually temporated it on, you know, put all my epoxy on, screwed the, outer, the inner skin in using just regular screws. Mm -hmm. I broke nine screw bits trying to take the screws out. Oh, and the only reason why is this bonding agent had glued the head yeah. of the screw, not really the thread, that it glued oh. the head to it. 
and I was breaking bits trying to get these little tiny screws out. So once you put a big panel in with that stuff, it's never going anywhere. As, as long as it doesn't leak, you'll be all right, correct? As long as it don't leak, you're fine. <laughs> all right, some more people came in the chat. Let's see if I can find them uh, in the list of stuff here. Uh, to, let's see. Creole, Dan. Fishing with Big Mike, what's going on? Uh, fishing Texomaland, how are you? Welcome. Uh, Greenwell Fishing, what's up, Bunk, uh, Bump and Mike? Uh, Lynn Leeper, Kyle Morris. Oh, Kyle from One Ton Fishing Club. What's going on, Kyle? We don't get a chance to see Kyle too often, but thanks for checking it out. Uh, the Palmetto Cats, what's going on, Kevin? Uh, Randall Wade, I don't think I said that. Uh, hello to and uh, Sunfish King and my friend, the Flatty Daddy. So what's going on, Corey? Corey is somebody that's been on the show. He's had uh, a YouTube channel for a while now, a couple years, if I'm not mistaken. Forgive me, Corey. And he just grinded it out, and he finally reached that 1K, not for lack of having good content. It's it's He's like one of them hidden gems on YouTube. I bet you he wishes he wasn't. But uh, uh, if someone could post a link to Corey's channel in chat, that would be great. I'm sure everybody here already is sub to him. But if not, check him out. Like I said, he's a hidden gem. All right. So, um, uh, and that epoxy that'll 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 hold just as good as a weld, like on the ends and on the bottom. Well, you got to think a lot of these, uh, a lot of manufacturers like these supercars. They have the aluminum frames and stuff like that. Yes, they they're do. not welded. Mm -hmm. They're epoxy bonded, and the reason why is it gives it a little bit more flex. Uh, the problem with a weld, especially if you have a riveted boat, a riveted boat, I mean, you look at all your airplanes. Airplanes are riveted. There's a reason why they're riveted. It allows them to expand, contract. They can mm -hmm. take the abuse of bouncing around. Where a welded thing, the weld is always harder than the parent material. Right. So what happens is parent material flex, this weld don't, and that gives you a tension spot, and it ends up cracking. So I don't like to weld riveted boats unless I absolutely have to. And like I say, with this bonding agent, you're never going to separate those two pieces. Once you put them together, it's a chemical bond. I mean, it's literally, I have took pieces and put them together and tried to pull them apart. I mean, I used it, you know, doing all kinds of test stuff where I actually put it on a boat. Mm -hmm. You can't separate it. Once it bonds and cures, it's permanent. It's there forever. Very cool. And uh, do, do you mind sharing with us exactly what kind of uh, uh, epoxy you use on that? Well, it's it's readily available. It's uh, West Systems, uh, West Marine. You okay. can get it off Amazon. It's called G-Flex. And okay. I mean, I'm going to tell you how good this stuff is. And I mean, like I said, I'm not sponsored by them. They don't give me any free products, nothing. Mm -hmm. I have to pay full price like everybody else, but I go through a gallon of this stuff. But uh, you can take a kayak, a plastic kayak, and you can put it back together with this stuff and it will not separate again. I mean, that's, it just tells you it's that you can bond plastic, you can bond wood, you can buy bond metal. All you gotta do is scratch the surface, give that stuff something it can bite into. Once it cures, it's, it's forever. Now, is that something that'll hang around you? No, this is a self-serving question because I'm trying to figure out how much of this stuff I want to order. Is that something that goes bad or is that something I can keep in my garage for a while? As long as it's sealed up, it lasts a it lasts okay. a pretty good while, and they and they make it in so many different sizes. Okay. I mean, it's not it's not a cheap product by no means. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, two small tubes go run you about about twenty nine bucks, but you can do most small you know small projects with it. Uh, I bought half a gallon of it, two one quart containers, and it's a simple product. It's it's one and one. Literally, oh, cool. you take one part of one, one part of the other, mix up what you need, and put it on. In 45 minutes, it's starting to gel. Within three hours, you can't separate it. And within 24 hours, 
it's machinable, it's permanent, it's never going anywhere. But it's G Flex 650 or 655, and you can buy about 10 different sizes, so you don't have to buy a whole lot. Just talk to me. I can think of like three different projects in my garage that I can use that stuff on. So I'll probably order some of that stuff this weekend. Hey, we got some new faces out here in chat. I want to make sure I said hello and some old faces and some uh, pretty big, big names out there. We got Reservoir Dogs Outdoors. Welcome to the chat. Uh, I said hello. We got PD Fishing. What's going on, PD? And uh, I did see Hagen Grubbs out there. What's going on, Hagen? And uh, uh, last but not least, I want to say hello to Anna, Little Buckets of Sunshine. Thank you for always coming to the chat. I appreciate it. Um, hopefully somebody's out here sharing some links to all the good people in chat so uh, we can get them uh, some subscribers as well. I do want to remember remind the people that just came in. Hey, Justin, what's going on? Justin's finishing fetish. I don't want to forget Justin. Um, down in the description are links to uh, Jeff's channel. Make sure you subscribe to him. Um, also, we're going to be uh, announcing the winner of last week's contest that Quentin Robbins of Mid-South Outdoors was nice enough to hold for us uh, to help support uh, Maurice Kaysen's uh, GoFundMe. So uh, hang around. We'll announce that winner. Uh, he's got some thank yous he passed along to me, too, that we're going to have that out there. All right, Bex. All right, so you get the transom all buttoned up. How are you going to power that thing? We'll, we'll start from the back and work our way up. Well, the plan right now is that uh, we're going to go back with a four-stroke motor, and we just ain't decided what size. I mean, it's not going to be a – I don't want a speedboat because uh, I was going to build it to sell, and my son-in-law was like, you know, that would be a perfect size to take – that he would feel comfortable taking the grandkids out crappy fishing and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I told him, okay, well, since you – I'll build the boat. You buy a motor for it, it's yours. And that way you and the grandkids have a boat. I mean, I have nothing in it. It's, it's good content for my channel. You know, and that's pretty much what I was building it for to kind of, like I say, just to give me some good content and show people how to do it. But I thought, well, I'll give it to him. His name's Phoenix, my grandson. So that's what it's going to be. It's going to be the Phoenix Project. Since it, we're it, it doesn't feel pretty good for somebody to say, Grandpa made this for me, right? Bingo. Are you oh, heck yeah, I can relate with that. That's awesome. It's always good when one of my nieces and nephews say, you know, my Uncle Mark did this or took me here or there. So trust me, I get it. So what kind of you okay, so for what what size do you think he's gonna max that out at? What, like a forty? Uh, oh no, it's um that one there's rated up to a ninety. A ninety, okay. And a you 90. said a four cycle. How do you like four cycles compared to two cycles? You and I have been around enough to to know what a two cycle is really like, and and had I've had a little experience with my four cycle. What's your opinion on those? For me, I, I've always owned two strokes, always. But uh, when gas prices went up, I said I'm gonna I'm gonna buy me a four stroke. I want something that's quiet. I don't have to mix oil. I'll never go back. I'll never go back. I mean, I went from an average tournament like a Wiley. I was burning 18 to 20 gallons during an average catfish tournament mm -hmm. with this four stroke. I burn about six, the Isn't same running the same, same, you know, distances, the same mm -hmm. places. And I'm burning about a third. Of and it's catfish. quiet. You can actually talk while you're moving along. You, yeah. You don't have, and the power is just ridiculous. You know, I, I love the smell of a two stroke, but you know what? I have a small, I got a small 16 foot boat with a 40 horsepower four cycle, right? I got six gallon gas tank. I can make three three fishing outings with six gallons of gasoline in that thing. Yeah, and you. When I first put that on mine, I'm like, the gas hand's not working. It, there's yeah. no way this thing is. There's no <laughs> way it's working. You know, so I was stopping and filling it up with gas, and it's holding like say it's hold five gallons, and I'm expecting it to hold twenty. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, that's just it. Don't make sense. But yeah, I love my four stroke, and I got a Suzuki. Uh, it's a one forty, 
and it's got a lot of good power. My other boat's a 21 footer with a, with a cutty cabin on it or with a, ca- a pilot house. Some pilot house. Right. And, uh, like I say, I can I can run forty two to forty five depending on the condition. If wow. I'm by myself, I can easily run forty four, pretty much in any condition. But fully loaded, I still run between thirty nine and forty two. And when I say fully loaded, I'm talking two people, a hundred gallon live well in the front field, a fifty gallon live well in the back field, and I only drop about three to four mile an hour. Yeah, so water that's nine pounds, that nine pounds a gallon. That adds up quick when you're talking a you know, 150 gallons of it. That's, that's a lot of weight. So, uh, very cool. We'll get to your, we'll get to your other boat in a minute here. So, okay. So yeah, you're, you're thinking about going with a four stroke. What about the controls and stuff? You're going to go with a center council side council. Have you decided are you going to stick with the side council or what? Uh, I think we're going to, we're going to pretty much re-engineer the entire inside of it. I'm going to go with shorter rod box. You know, it has rod boxes on both sides. I'm going to get rid of those. I'm going to put two smaller live wells in it. Like I said, it's not going to be a catfish boat. So I'm going to back the live wells back a little bit. It's got a side console now. More likely what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a smaller consoles, but we're going to do a split. We're going to put a console on both sides. Probably going to do a full windshield, uh, full, you know, with an opening in the middle mm-hmm. and more than likely I'm probably going to build a convertible hardtop fort. Oh, so nice. I'm probably build the windshields to where it's a, looks like a standard, you know, a traditional boat. Well, mm-hmm. looks more like what you see now, like the, um, boat you'll see in Oregon and stuff, straight windshield, like the monster cat gotcha. version. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna make a hardtop and have a removable hardtop fort. That way when it's raining, go out there, put three pins in and drop the hardtop on it and go fishing. Very cool. Keep the rain off your head in the sun as well, right? Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. I, if, if I didn't cool. have to deal with the weather up here and I didn't, I don't like fishing in the rain. I worked outside for like 13 years. That was enough. Uh, the elements, you know, I can handle them. I go ice fishing and stuff, but I, I dress for it. I, I really don't want to have too much fun in the summer in the rain or, 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 or in the sun or the heat. So uh, if I didn't, if I wasn't that way, I'd get myself a tiller. But I don't think that's ever going to happen, not at my age. I think those days are gone, Jeff, between you and I. I've seen a lot of nice tiller boats out there. But if 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 I could probably get or afford something with a pilot house on there, I'd be all over that with a kitchen, the whole deal. But that's another story. All right, so that thing's going to end up looking pretty cool. You're going to um, – what kind of treatments are you going to do on the inside besides – well, actually, let's, let, let me take a step back here. Are you going to use the same kind of uh, – uh, um, toolbox type controls that you you well if you don't know on his on his boat i, I don't mean to I, I like the video that much um he turned a toolbox into his center console am i am i correct yep yep i mean everybody was building line wheels out of him, not that was genius that was cool <laughs> so are you going to use the same kind of project for this boat or are you going to make us wait to see well, believe it or not, I'd actually thought about it because I've had two or three people message me and ask me exactly how I've done it. Because, I mean, and what's bad is it's one of those things, you know, I do a lot of stuff when I'm building something and then I go, wow, when I get done, I'm like, I don't think I could replicate that. I mean, I, I didn't have no clue when I went into it, when I built, my, again, my pilot house on my boat. Mm-hmm. I've looked at it after I made the video, you know, showing everybody, you know, about it. I'm like, I don't think I could replicate it. I'm, I really don't know if I could go out there and build the exact same thing again. But uh, that toolbox is such an easy build. I'm going to try to make one and nothing else just for people to see how easy it was. It takes mm-hmm. literally 20 minutes. I was done with it, essentially. The video would be 
way longer than it actually took to do it. Put to it do that it, way. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to do something smaller. I'm thinking, mm -hmm. really, I'm going to try to build this boat with as little in the way as I can. That's kind of my style. I don't like a boat that has a bunch of stuff in the floor. I'm like, the same way. I keep going back to my other boat. No fur. It's got no seats. It's got plastics, chairs. But this one's going to have nice seats and stuff when I get done. But there you go. Yeah, I'm, it's a work in progress. You know how it is. You'll. I, I mean, I spend more time sitting on the back of the boat staring at it than I do working most of the time. And then once the light goes off, the ain't that the truth? Quit thinking. <laughs> Same way when I'm working on a project or something, I spend, spend more time, you know, drinking iced tea or a pop or something, looking at what I have done or need to do, and it, it's all part of it. Um, all right, so we're going to, as far as your poke goes, let's not give any more, more secrets. I want to remind everybody that I do have a link to Jeff's channel below in the description. I also have a link directly to the playlist that he's building as he releases these week, weekly episodes out on the, uh, the Rebuild. But in the meantime, when you're waiting between episodes, check out a lot of uh, Jeff's Jeff's other content. Um, like I had already mentioned that no weld. I know Hagen's out here. He builds a good, he builds a real nice rod rack. He does everything pretty good with that welder. Uh, mega kudos to him on that. But for uh, the people who aren't, you know, professional welders or skilled welders, I think you really hit a home run with a lot of the projects that you have on there. So cool Pretty stuff good. um i'm trying to think of some of the other videos offhand I, I i've been pressed for time i meant to go through um um i know you have some sinker videos correct i do i do How to make pencil sinkers um what what other ones are your favorites that stand out to you to, to share with the people i i think one of the one of the videos that that a lot of people like is the one about how to build your own live well out of the pvc yeah, out of the PVC plywood, I get a lot of views on that. But the sinker, the sinker video gets a lot of play. I mean, it's one of those that just every month I look at it and go, wow, it got more than it did. You know, it gets more a month now than it did in the first year that it was out now. For some reason, yeah, those videos just explode for some reason. So that's one of those good videos. But it's just a fun project. Again, I've got a sinker mold for making those stick weights. But I was like, you know, it'd be kind of cool. I wonder if I can make my own mold and make as big as, big as sinkers I want. And that's how that whole, a lot, like I say, a lot of the stuff that I do is just one of those things where I'm just like, let's just see if we can do it. It ought to be kind of fun. Or if you need something, or if I want to talk to somebody, I like to have them on my show and have a, do an interview with them. This is how I get to meet people. So thank you for doing the show, but I get it. Um, I, you, you did a, a, a bait tank video as well, correct? I did. I did. I remember I did you had that tank. big round bait tank. Is that a stock tank that you used for that, or no? That was actually a fiberglass uh, form used for like well, like on uh, bridges. You know the round. Okay. You know, when they pour the concrete around all the supports, they okay. use these fiberglass forms and they pour them full of concrete. Mm. Well, there was uh, we had some left on a job site. It was four foot across, and I'm like, I can just fiberglass in the end in this thing and have a uh, have a live well that literally or a bait tank that could withstand 50,000 pounds pressure like I need it. But, you know, hey, why not? Very cool. All right. Uh, all right, guys, if you guys have any questions out there in chat, I'll try and keep my eyes on there. I'll be happy to ask them, Jeff. Uh, we're going to start talking a little bit about um, the Lake Wiley record catfish. I'm sure you get answered, asked about this so much. That you don't want it to, well, you get tired of answering it, but you know what? I want to hear it. I know the people out in chat, so we're going to bother you about that story again. Tell us about that Lake Wiley record. Well, that was uh, all my best fishing trips have been the fishing trips where I'm just like hanging around a house and go, I'm going fishing. You yep. know what I mean? If, you, if I plan a trip, it's always going to be garbage for the most part. But uh, 
again, that was when I had a two-stroke outboard. Uh, we just fished the tournament. The motor died on me halfway back to the boat ramp. So that next weekend, I got out there fixing the, fixing the motor. I put new, I cleaned all the carburetors and everything. I was like, I wonder how the boat's running. Let's go to the lake. I actually had four or five perch left in the tank, went to the lake, set up, started throwing rods out. I got the first four rods out, and I looked, and I had one. And I, I'm a big bait man. I love to put bait out the size of my hand or bigger. And just so happened, there's one little piece of belly flap laying there on the uh, – laying on the uh, – cutting board i'm like i'm going i'm not gonna get skunked i ain't been skunked on the water in 20 years i'm really i'm impressed so i'm like i'm gonna catch a fish so i hooked that piece of belly flap on there and i throwed it out and set it in a holder and i think i'm gonna catch a perch i'm gonna catch a cat you know small channel cat sat down looked down at my feet and was you know organizing everything really didn't have the dip net out yet and looked up and that rod was already just just buried it was just gone and it was the one that the 82 pounder was on. Literally, he had to have hit it on the fall. Really? He hit him right in the head. Wait, were you, so you, you did cast and you were anchored up? I was anchored up. Heavy current, you know, the whole nine yards. That's why I had to pull the uh, That's why I had to pull the anchors. That's why I got so excited when I finally got him in the boat because he had actually wrapped around everything. I mean, he had – the video starts about eight minutes into it, and I'm one of those people – I mean, I don't really bear down on a fish, but, I mean, I put pressure on him, but literally for eight minutes, all I could do was just stand there with a the rod, thumb on the spool, and just kind of slowly let him, you know, spool me because in heavy current with fish that size, and I only use 20-pound test line. I'm not one of these guys that likes 100-pound braid. I think the fish should win. If the fish can't win, there's really no excitement to it to me. So I, I mentioned there's some people – there's some people in chat who probably argue that with you, but you know, hey, it's your it's your fishing trip, not theirs. That's the way I look at it. And yeah. you know what? I started out using twenty pound mono all the time, and I've I never had it break. I mean, I I bumped up to I think forty pound mono at one point, and uh, that was right before I switched over to braid, and I broke two rods getting out of snags with forty pound mono. It's one of the reasons I'm not I, stretch to me doesn't work good in shallow water conditions. Um, and it doesn't work well with the hooks I do, and I also don't like getting them out of snags. It's a pain in the butt. And I only use a 6,500, so you can't break 20-pound test line with a 6,500. Well, Unless you put your thumb on the spool and you wrap it around the reel, you can do it, but you're not going to break it with a standard drag. That is true. Usually, usually what I'll do is I'll use my uh, bait my bait net, and that, that. but then again, I don't want to get into how I broke those two rods. Once, you know, it's a mistake. Twice is, is, a my, is my fault. Catfish Katie Collins is here. What's going on, Katie? Thanks for making it. Uh, your boy, Troy Catfishing. What's going on, sir? Great Outdoors Exploring. Hey, Sean. I'm surprised I remember all these people's names. I've been doing this for a while. Skin and Scales, Fishing, what's going on? Uh, we got people talking about your boat. You know what? Um, who said here? Somebody was saying they love the custom work on your boat. Uh, I'm imagine they're talking about the 21 footer right now. What year was that again? A 70, 74, 74. That isn't much younger than me. <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, we're both getting, me and that boat are both getting old, put it that way. But that boat's still going. That's a cool boat. That's a cool build. And something I didn't realize is that am I mistaken and remember? Well, am I wrong in remembering that you said you riveted that whole thing together? Pretty much. Well, that, the top is 100% riveted. Okay. The top that I built for it. That's a that's got like around 3,000 rivets in it. But uh, 
the boat itself, I was lucky. I've had to replace maybe 150, 200 rivets in it when I first got it. And I've replaced maybe a dozen since then. That's but not, that's not a bad for- ratio. Stan, what's going on, Stan? Sorry I missed you, buddy. I got you there. Uh, cool. Um, th- another thing on Jeff's channel, go there and watch the, I think it's a three-video part tour of your boat, correct? That's Yeah, I've done a, uh, I, again, that's probably the most asked question when people see me when I'm out catfishing or when I'm, you know, the catfish videos, all of them want to know what kind of boat you got when they see the, you know, the angle of the camera and everything. So, I decided to do a walkthrough of it and it's a two part walkthrough of the actual boat. And then it's a one uh, walkthrough of the top showing how the top, the top. That is correct. Just, to give people, just to give people ideas, you know? And I mean, I had, again, you know, you're going to get haters. I had one guy that I had to pretty much, you know, block his comments. You know, it's like he was, you're rubbing it in, you know, you're just trying to, you know, boast and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, Maybe I mean, you're just I'm trying to be funny. Who knows? Don't, even, don't even worry know. about that. That's an awesome. You know, that boat looks huge. When you said it was 21 feet, I thought it, for sure it was 20, at least like 24. I don't know why, but it looks way bigger. I don't know if that's on camera or the way you have it built out. It's the way it's built. It's the way it's built. You got to think my console literally, I mean, if it's on a day that they're biting really, really good, because I, I, me and my son-in-law, we sit up underneath the, underneath the top and we sit up there next to the console. But it's like 13 feet from the console to the back. Yeah, that makes sense. I've got the consoles moved all the way to the front, and the camera's on the consoles. That's why when you're looking toward the back, and people are like, good Lord, how long is that boat? But it's it's because I like a wide-open floor. I like that dance floor in the back. That dance floor in the back's great for fishing out of, ain't it? Oh yeah. You know, I tell I I you know here's here's a little secret. I tell my wife if she lets me have a boat like that, I'll have her candlelight dinners once a year out on that deck if she lets me buy a boat like that. So Absolutely. we're working on it. <laughs> I tell her I'll hang the tiki lights all the way around and stuff. Man, I gotta work that angle. We're almost there though. All right, let's see if we got I'm trying not to miss any questions here. Uh we got links to epics, D and links. Epic, if you're out there, what's going on, my friend? Thanks for checking out. Lacey, uh, how you doing, Lacey? I've seen you in other chats, but welcome to mine. Mark Clark, welcome. Uh, let's see what's going on. Walter's lawn, or Waters Lawn Care. Uh, where would you fish on Wiley right now, uh, creeks or main channels? minute it turns, well, I, I like deep water. I like to fish deep water. Uh, for me, I like the mouths of the creeks next to the river channel. Right now is a perfect time to catch your, I mean, even for crappy or for catfish right now, it's right now is a, the peak time to get your big girls right now, right on that river channel. Okay. When are water temperatures up by you this time of year? Uh, right now, I think in Wiley, it's around, it's been about two weeks since I've been out there, but it's in the 50s, low 50s. In the 50s? Uh, Betty Jean's got some advice for you. She says, haters going to hate, potatoes going to potate. <laughs> that's true that's true you, you have to have a thin you you have to have a thick skin if you're going to do youtube i'm gonna tell you because you you'll get some uh some comments on there sometimes i've been lucky i've been blessed i don't get a whole lot of them but it seems like when i get them they come in bunches <laughs> nah, don't even sweat it everybody gets them nobody really counts what's going on we got 64 in chat thanks for watching everybody if you came in late which a bunch of people did we're going to announce the winner from last week's contest at uh quitten uh from mid-south outdoors was kind enough to have so stay tuned all right so we talked about your boat we talked about the big catfish oh and uh, how did you get that um did you have to get it um what's the word i'm looking for certified 
No, no. It's like around here. It's like a big club around here. Okay. We used to have a, a club, essentially. But, you know, it's like Dieter and me and a couple other guys. I mean, we pretty much know about every fish that's caught on that lake. I mean, I have been called at midnight to go look at a 65-pound uh, flathead so many times it's not even funny or weigh one for somebody because they just caught a 65 pounder and it turns out you know you know i've weighed a lot of 40 pound 60 pound flatheads put it that way you but the only reason on that uh 82 i'd actually called him one time before for the same situation 2 30 in the morning i caught a big catfish and he had just left the lake at like one o'clock and i just sent him i just sent him a picture and said hey uh I just pretty much shattered your catfish. He had had one like 57 pound. There was like a 64 pounder weighed in that, that year. I said, I think I just destroyed your fish. And of course, you know, Dieter, he's like, I'm on my way. And I mean, I think he was actually in bed and he drove to Lake Wiley and he got there like three in the morning to take a picture of that fish. But we never got an actual weight on it, but it was, uh, it was probably pushing close to what that one was. But uh, like I say, we pretty much know what's caught on the lake. So far, that's the biggest one. I mean, there's bigger out there, and I wouldn't doubt somebody's caught one bigger, but you, you never know. I mean, I, I hear so many tales. I had a guy tell me, yeah, I caught one. It was 88 pounds. And, you know, we were talking about somebody earlier, but different guys said, hey, I caught one that weighed 88 pounds. I said, really? Well, that's awesome. And I said, well, here's the, I said, show me a picture of it. He showed me the picture of his fish. You know, I'm looking, and I'm going, you know, in my mind, I'm going, it's a you know, 50 pound fish, but I'm never going to argue with people about, you know, how right, definitely. You can call it whatever you want. I don't care. So I just said, well, here's a picture at 82. I call. And he looked at it and then he kind of looked at his picture and he looked at my picture again. And it was funny. He, he changed the conversation. We started talking about something else right away. Mm -hmm. but, that, know, that, happens, that happens a lot with me too. I have a, it's the same way here in Northern Illinois on the Fox. A buddy of mine will be like, he'll, he'll text me at like midnight. He'll be like, Mark, I'll be like, what? I got a 40 pound flathead. I'm on my way. I'm heading out there to see this fish. You know, they're keeping it in the net, trying to keep it alive and stuff. But yeah, I think it's the same way everywhere you go. If you got good friends that are really into the sport and stuff, man, it's, it's good to be there for one another and, and not just talk smack. It's, you you got to see a big fish. I don't care who you are or who catches it. I want to see a big fish and I can totally admire that in you guys. And I know you guys all hang out and, and give each other a bunch of business. So it's kind of cool that that whole area is given birth to a lot of YouTubers. What do you think? Is it something in the water? What, what is it? I, I, I really know. I mean, I've had my channel forever. I mean, I think, God, I'm not even sure. I think I've had my channel since like 2007, maybe even earlier. Wow. That's the birth of it, but it was never in, in, it was never intended for me to actually just build a channel. My mother used to fish with me and you, I mean, I've you know made comments on some of my videos, me and her, she could outfish. There's not a man on this feed right now that could outfish her when it comes to time on the water. I mean, she killed me from the time I was 20 to the time, you know, she passed, she would, she would run me in the ground. I mean, I would be, I'd be crying. Uncle be, you know, making up stuff to tell her, you know, boats broke. We can't go. And she was 70 years old and we had fished the whole winter when she came down at Christmas, we fished the whole time, but I would take and do the videos, put them on YouTube because all of her brothers and sisters lived in Missouri. Okay. And, you know, we, we used to fish off the riverbanks of the Mississippi river, carry a cast iron pot and we would all catch them, clean them in the mist, you know, muddy Mississippi and they would be throwing in the grease, still twitching. I mean, we done it as a family, you know. I mean, it was like every Saturday, every Friday. I mean, it was, you know, it's one of those memories. Now, when I smell a fire, 
you know, out on the lake. It reminds you of that, doesn't it? Fire burning. And I mean, I literally looked straight at my son and I go, man, I just, I'm, I'm 13 again. I mean, I I'm can, on the riverbank. I can smell that smell. You know, the fish are cooking, you know, but uh, I done that so that, you know, her brothers and sisters could, you know, watch her fish, do something that she loved mm -hmm. to do. Come up into her, like say into her seventies. Very cool. Which yeah. I, I'm the channel right It's there. like certain things in life, either it's something you see out of the corner of your eye or a, a smell or a taste takes you back to, to, to good, not that you're not having good times now, but takes you back to other good times, which is pretty cool. Uh, real quick, Buckeye Catfish wants to say, uh, wants to ask you, uh, where would you fish on Wiley in April? I tell everybody, like, for me, I, okay, I'm, I'm gonna go back. I'm a crappy fisherman, I love crappy fish. For me, I do essentially my catfish and my crappy fishing are the exact same spots, I just use bigger tackle for the catfish mm -hmm. so for me when it starts to get into that time of year my first thing i'm going to do is the crappier moving the catfish are moving too they're right there with them so because the crappier moving they're chasing bait catfish are moving they're chasing, chasing bait, bait and crappie. chasing bait so yeah. i tell everybody you know I, I think that's why i'm such a good anchor fisherman because i'm used to going up and finding a you know a christmas tree in 25 foot of water with an old blinker you know, graph, and I could find that tree and sit there and bounce, you know, a jig off of it. Catfishing, you know, same thing. If the, in April, I'm going to start getting a little closer and a little further up in the mouths of the creeks, where a little bit later, I'm going to be out in the deeper water, hanging off the ledges. The minute that first warm spell happens in April and everything's starting to move, I'll get up on that first flat next to it. And that's where you go find the concentration of fish. You're still going to have them big girls off the bottom, you know, laying in that deep water, but you'll start getting them concentration in numbers moving their way up in the creeks and you know by the end of april you're catching them at two feet of water we can catch them at two feet of water now but there's a good concentration for them right then cool cool um i wanted to talk a little bit i want to make sure i don't miss anything hey what's going on ryan it's uh sun hooks and crossing eyes what's going on buddy i got to meet him in person for the first time this week he's a good man he picked up some uh uh, some of Patriot James Bobbers that he had mailed to me to give to, to Ryan. So he picked them up today. He also got, uh, he got the last uh, catfish and crappie uh, toboggan or beanie wherever you live. And it, it, you guys even sell those hats out by you? The knit hats, the caps. <laughs> no. I just giving you a hard time. I'm jealous. I'm a hater because I'm jealous. And that's about the weather. So yeah. Cause I mean, we're having a real bad weather right now. It got down to like 35 today. I'm telling you. 35 is this i'm ice fishing in this hoodie right here <laughs> well it's all what you're used to uh let's see definitely uh hagan says everyone wants to be a dieter melhorn uh he says he's kidding see you never know when your comments are going to get highlighted let's see oh, there you go mamas are the best fishing buddy amen to that absolutely my my mom is the best uh best at cleaning fish she gets mad at me when i bring her fillet she's like just bring me the whole fish i'm like you got it mom no problem uh yep. hey sk's crappie uh catching adventures uh if somebody could share uh sk's leak out there he had a live the other night a lot of good knowledge out there he's a big crappie guy okay let's talk about long line trolling um i'm getting uh see this is what happens when i start talking to guests i like i lose track of time all right so basically um uh, we, I'm, I'm guessing you're you're long line trolling in those same areas at the creek mouths within the creeks and stuff, or am I mistaken? 
No, that that's correct. And, and long line trolling is one of those great tools you can use. I mean, I still love the vertical. I still love to uh, use a slip float. My favorite is a slip float. I love to see that float stand up, slide underwater. I think every fisherman, blue gillet don't matter. It's just something about that float just standing up and sliding uh, under, you know. But long line is a great technique to isolate where your fish are. Because, you know, again, in the early spring, they're scattered out. They're, you know, they're down there on those first plateaus coming out of the river. And, you know, it depends on the body of water you're in. Our lake, 30 foot, 35 foot is about where you're going to max out your depth until you get all the way down to the lower end. Then it's only like 40 something foot. So, you know, primarily most of the lake's 20 foot uh, deep. So those fish should move up to that first step. And when you're long line trolling, I can cover, you know, I can cover half a mile of water you know, in no time flat, I can cover it, you know, 30 minutes. And if you start catching those fish, you start hitting the fish here and fish there, then I can turn around and just work an area, you know, really good. But man, once I find a big school like that, it's nothing for me to just hit the spot lock, even though my jigs are still dragging behind the boat, yeah. it's nothing for me to hit spot lock and grab a, grab a minnow and a jig and just drop it straight down the boat and sit there and start catching crappie. Yeah, one that, right together. You're keeping those crappie, right? It's not catch and release when you're uh, crappie fishing. Uh, if I'm crappie fishing, what's bad is I'll throw, I'll throw 10 and a half, 12 inch fish back and, mm -hmm. you know, we can keep them eight inches. And okay. for me, my favorite ones to eat are the ones about eight and a half to nine inches. That's the ones I like really? to eat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, cause I like to cook them whole and that's from mom. Ah. Mama, mama would yell at me when I flayed them, but uh, most of the time I'll keep all the small ones. I'm throwing a lot of the bigger ones back and I always try to keep my fish alive when I'm out on the lake, even Absolutely. when I'm crappy fishing, they go in the live well. And the reason why is because, you know, you'll, you'll get those suicide catches where they swallow a hook and you kill them. And mm -hmm. for me, I'm not going to throw a dead fish back. No, I'll, throw, I'll throw, you know, a two pounder back and keep a 10 inch, you know, fish that mm -hmm. I know I just going to die. And that's just because the way I was brought up. Mama would whoop me if I wasted anything for the most part. You know how it is. I do. My <laughs> mom don't like me bringing her fillet. She makes me bring a whole fish to her. Do you eat the tails? Oh, absolutely. This absolutely. Not good enough. You have to yeah, crunch man after my own heart, man. I didn't start doing that until later on in life. And I, I was thinking, man, did I miss out when I was a kid? Uh, Flatty Daddy yeah. says he agrees that seeing the big fish is what really matters, which is why he likes tournaments, even when he's not catching anything. But I don't think that happens too often. All right. So um, how far behind the boat are you usually? Okay. Here's my issue when I'm trolling. Um, what I've had luck with, because the, a lot of the places that I troll at, isn't very deep. There's a few deep holes, like there's a 24 foot hole, a 22 foot hole, and the crappie are never there. So I'm going up and down river channels along both sides. Well, creek channels because it's a dammed off, uh, a dammed off reservoir, pretty much a small one. Uh, up and down the ledges, and I seem to do good around the milfoil. That, that, that's how I go about it. But the problem is getting stuck in those weeds. Uh, the problem is the depths have changed so much. So I use a weighted bobber, seven feet of line behind that, and I troll as slow as I can. I can keep them, you know, two and a half, three feet under the surface, which is mid-column, which works well for me. Uh, my question is when I start hitting some of these bigger waters and stuff, how do you calculate how much line to put behind there if you're not doing it that way? I mean, are you, are you looking at 10, 12-foot depths when you're trolling? Um, where are you targeting your baits, I guess is simple well, way of putting it. Well, for me, like around here on Lake Wiley, uh, the crappie just move around so that much. It's not even funny. I mean, I, I've, I'll be catching them in 25 foot of water, literally bouncing the bait off of the bottom and mm -hmm. catching them a foot under the surface at the same time. 
So essentially, it, it, I've done it for so long. It's more of a feel thing. You know, it, it's one of those deals where I put out, I put out long lines. I put them out. Oh, Lord, ain't nothing for me to put one 100 yards out behind a boat. And I'll have two or three like that. And what that'll do is they'll always float higher in a column. You'd think, well, they're further back. They're going to float deeper if they won't. They'll float higher because you got the resistance of the line. When you're pulling it, the line actually pulls the baits back toward the top when you got that much line out, especially right. pulling jigs. You know, we're talking pulling jigs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'll put some way out and I may have 16 ounce jigs on those. And then the next two rods, I may have them out about the same distance, but I'll put an eighth ounce jig. And then I may put the next one out not quite as far, the same eighth ounce jig. So what you're doing is you're increasing the weight. You're not having to increase the speed to get three or four different, you know, different depths at the exact same time. And then once I find a target that's working, you know, if I'm catching everything on them ones way back, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to shorten my distance with the eighth inch ones and get them to ride up a little bit higher because they're right inside the boat. But it's, it's one of those things that's feel you start making turns and zigzags. You pay attention to which rods get hit when you make a turn. If an outside rod gets hit, you're, you need to speed up. Inside rod gets hit, then you need to slow down and and that, or you need to go you know shallower or go deeper. It's just one of those things. You just do it enough and you just sort of gets easy after a while. You start reading the conditions and reading where you're catching fish. As long as those darn largemouth bass don't keep Hitting on those line, man. You don't know how many bass I catch doing that. My, I don't bass fish, but I catch a lot of bass. That's all I'm gonna say. My mother's biggest bass came on a ten foot ugly stick, six pound test line, and it was one of those deals. I seen the rod go down, and then you start seeing the line cutting through the water, and I'm waiting for him to tail walk. You know, I'm waiting for this fish to come out of the water. And the minute the rod went down, she's, you know, she'd always holler, ooh, you know, she jumps up to grab. And I said, it's a largemouth mama. And she go, I don't care. We eat him. I said, no, nah, <laughs> largemouth. And this ain't tail walk. And I wanted to take the rod away from her. And I'm like, nope, if she breaks the line, then we got a great story. And it was before I started doing videos. She caught an eight-pound largemouth on a 10-foot oh, rod, six-pound six test line. She didn't fight it. She acted like she was fighting a 50-pound catfish. She was cranking and dragging with this 10-foot rod. If it had been a short rod, she'd have broke the line instantly. But yeah. that rod had so much play in it. And, and the poor old largemouth, when he grabbed it, that little tiny jig, literally hooked him dead in the top of that in the mouth, not yes. in that, you know, not in that thin part. It was right in that hard, you know, gristle. Yeah, on the hard like that there was hard no way yeah, and, and finally, like I say, she drug him to the boats. That, I mean, he was so tired when she finally drug him to the boat. He was ready to get out of the water. But, yeah, so she, she has an like eight-pound largemouth to her credit. Very cool story. But, yeah, that, that's what always gets in my way. Hey, we're uh, we're coming up on 754. Let me make this announcement of uh, uh, if somebody could please share. I'm going to look, see if there's – wait, hold on. Do, 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 someone wants to grow up to be like Chad. I don't see why they would do that. Uh <laughs> Jim Catman Clark, welcome to the chat. He's just getting here. Uh, hopefully, I didn't miss anybody. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We do have 70 people in chat. How's that, Jeff? We're doing pretty good. That's not too bad for a Friday night. I'm happy with that. Uh, we got 60 thumbs up. If you didn't give me a thumbs up yet, uh, if we can get up to – can we get up to 65? You guys want to hear who that winner is for Quentin's uh, – uh, giveaway, get me up to, well, no, I'll tell you anyways, but I'd like to see some more uh, thumbs up to free people. Uh, go ahead and tune in, or, uh, tune in to Quinton's channel, tune in to Jeff's channel. A link to Jeff's channel is in the description, link to the playlist for the boat rebuilds in the channel. That's a mouthful. Uh, Fishing with Sabrina, welcome. She keep, people keep popping in. 
Um, all right, let's talk about Clinton's giveaway. Are you ready, Jeff? I'm ready. Let's do it. Last, last week, um, we had Jeff uh, – Quentin had a premiere. I'm sorry, Jeff. Quentin had a premiere for a video, a long, uh, uh, a long form video that was really cool. If you get a chance, give it a check it out. Quentin puts out some good content as well, um, and he offered to help Maurice Kaysen's family out. They're having uh, um, some issues, um, so there's a GoFundMe. Uh, you guys can feel free to post that for Maurice out there. I think a lot of the people here I've given, and I'm sure Maurice is very grateful. Uh, Quentin had a contest. He was giving some Sham Lures out, which is his sponsor, uh, a whole box of them. He uses them for skipjack. They're good for uh, uh, crappie and such. So uh, one person's going to win a whole box. Uh, during the event, what he did is he gave uh, um, a secret code on my channel. You go to the premiere, enter in that secret code, and that would give you one entry. Every 99 cent super chat would go directly to the Maurice Kaysen fund and buy you a new entry. How, how cool was that? That was pretty cool. I, and, 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 and very interesting idea. I thought it was great. Um, some people gave more than the 99 cents and they wanted to, to specifically go to Maurice's fund. Now um, I need to remind you guys that uh, uh, YouTube does take a portion, a portion of super chats out. So this donation or the donation to Maurice's GoFundMe will be after um, YouTube takes their cutout. Correct. Jeff, you you understand how that works, right? Oh, yeah, they're going to they're get their percentage. For they're going to get their percentage, and it's pretty high, but that doesn't mean he didn't raise some good money. He wanted me to give some extra special thanks out to the people who uh, donated more than the 99 cents. They they foregone their, their ability for an extra um, entry into this raffle in order to give Maurice. So it was very giving of them. Uh, he wants to say uh, special thanks to Avid Fisherman, uh, Catfish or Creole Catfishing, uh, Hooked on D, Palmetto Cats, uh, Justin's Fish and Fetish, Big Mike, Uncle Josh, and and everyone who not only contributed to this event, uh, but has supported my channel for over the past three years. Our winner is, you guys ready in chat? The winner is, you guys aren't going to believe me, I, I might get stoned for this, is Get Hooked on on D fishing D you won another one. She wins like all of them. Her and Betty are like the, the giveaway champions. D wins a Shamalur's a box of jigs. Um, D I will give you uh Quinton's um, <laughs> everybody is going crazy. I told you they would. I'll give you Quinton's email address in chat. So uh, that's wonderful. He says, um, he gives me his address. He can set you up with the custom box from Shamalores. To everyone, please tune into his channel over the next couple of weeks for some exciting announcements regarding his new channel. He's rebranding his channel. He's got some new stuff going on. So we definitely want to support uh, um, Quentin uh, in his uh, uh, adventures too. Uh, Oh, and he's premiering another episode tonight. So uh, in a couple of minutes, head on over to his channel. You guys can thank him personally. D, you can thank him on there. I'll give you that contact information. Uh, before we go, I want to thank Jeff Manning for being on the show. You have a terrific channel. I mean that sincerely. Um, I, I, the people I have on my show are, are, are always exceptional. Um, 
I love what I do, man. I get a chance to talk to people like you. It's fantastic. Uh, once again, uh, thank everybody for tuning in. Links are in the description. Give Jeff a sub if you have not subbed yet. I can't ask you enough. Thank you. God bless. And we'll see you next week. Oh, I got a big guest coming up next week, I believe. So stay tuned uh, on the group, on my webpage, on my uh, Facebook page. You'll find out who it is. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful night. Thank you.